Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom. The hallmark of the sequel trilogy has been the new characters introduced. Rey, Kylo Ren, Finn, and how seamlessly they've become part of our Star Wars mythology. The Last Jedi was heavy on the character development and took our characters to new highs and lows. Welcome to our character breakdown of The Last Jedi. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey everyone, I am your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to part two of our Star Wars The Last Jedi breakdown. We're in the character section. Finally. Yay. Oh. I know this is this is our part two of our Last Jedi podcast, but this is actually our fourth The Last Jedi podcast. And I just oh feel gosh. like we honestly have <laughs> so much to say about this movie that I feel like it's just our discussion of this is going to go on for two years this and more. It's, it's like every episode will be like, this is our 18th episode about the last <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> People are going to be like, okay, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> I know. Solo's out, even though Rebels is finished and you know, <laughs> all blew up or whatever happens, we'll still be talking about The Last Jedi. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Honestly, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I am really excited to get to the character section of this episode um, and our breakdown. But I have to be honest, I'm really nervous. And I feel like because this movie is so character driven, it's like I've been thinking about this particular episode since we saw it. And I just feel like we're never going to be able to cover everything that we want to in this episode. And I just want to put that as a disclaimer. Agreed. Retweet that disclaimer. Um, and like, it's just also like my opinions about certain characters and different character journeys like are constantly changing. That's just the nature of watching a movie a couple of times that like we record this, but tomorrow I might have different opinions about X. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm stressed about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it'll be fine. Everyone, all our listeners, you guys. You guys know us. We Yeah. <laughs> you guys know how we feel about certain characters and you also know that the character section has always been our favorite when we're going through our either our rebel show or uh, when we did Sky Talkers Machete, I feel like we always jumped in on the character section like that was what we wanted to get to. But now we're finally here and it's like all this anticipation and now it's like okay, do do we know like what do we talk about? What's going on? <laughs> Exactly. I mean, kind of. I feel like we've said this before on other shows too, but in this in this episode, there's no way we can cover everything that is to be said about the characters of the Last Jedi, and so we're gonna talk about the things that interest us most when it comes to these characters. So that might not be everything, and I hope that's okay. And more than likely, we'll get to everything, you know, in the next ten years or so. so. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, eventually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. But I do want to say thank you guys so much for all your super, super, super kind comments and tweets and retweets and 
reviews and everything, emails that we got from our one year anniversary podcast. It has meant so much to us and it's really special to be able to share that exciting hallmark of basically the podcast with you guys. And yeah, especially like in the midst of basically a lot of intense fan conversation that's happening that's a little draining. Um, it was really fun to record that one Q&A episode and um, kind of celebrate this one year of podcasting. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. It was, I mean, just repeat everything Charlotte said, but it really, <laughs> it really did mean a lot to us. And we are just incredibly grateful for this community and this space where we get to talk about Star Wars. So thank you all for listening. It, it really does mean so much to us. But I think... I think we are we getting started. Is there anything else we need to go over? I don't think so, but we should go through the parts. Yeah. So we we broke down. So I know what you're thinking that this character discussion is going to be be part one, Kylo, part two, Kylo, part three, Kylo. <laughs> but it's not. It's not. <laughs> we, <laughs> we tried to do something a little different and kind of almost like themes for our characters. And then we'll kind of talk about those themes in relation to some of the character development we saw throughout the movie. So hopefully it works. If not, we'll try again next time. So (laughs) part one, kind of the overarching theme is connections. And so the connections between our characters. Um, So our part two is the expectation slash understanding of and from family. So we'll get into that. Don't worry. (laughs) And then part three is a little easier. Uh, It's just going to be talking about failure. (laughs) So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. So welcome to part one, um, where we're going to be talking about connections, as we just mentioned. Um, Caitlin, why don't you start us off with the question? Just as a forewarning, Caitlin, because I've been kind of anxious about this episode, Caitlin has kind of taken the wheel in thinking about questions and conversations, and it has been great. So, Caitlin, why don't you start us off? <laughs> Thank you. So now, like, all problems with this episode, everyone will be like, well, Caitlin organized it. I mean, it was Maybe. Caitlin. <laughs> Just exactly. kidding. It's going to be the best episode ever because Caitlin did it. <laughs> um, okay. So we in this part, we were kind of thinking – you know, all of our characters, they don't spend a lot of time alone. A lot of it is based on connection and relationship, literal connections like force bonds and then relationships between characters like Kylo and Luke and then Luke and Leia and, of course, Finn and Rose and Poe and Haldo. So that's kind of what we were thinking when we wanted to talk about in this section. Okay, so first, why don't we start off with kind of something, I was going to say less controversial, but it's kind of controversial. <laughs> Every character dynamic in this movie is controversial, Caitlin. Honestly, I know, I know. I think it's because I just spend so much time thinking about the Kylo and Ray like force bonds and Luke and all of that, that everything else doesn't seem as high strung, like high stakes, <laughs> but that's not how it is. Um, so we've discussed a lot about Rose's effect on Finn, but do we think that Finn had anything had any effect on Rose throughout this movie? Like, how did she or how did he impact her? A first thing that comes to mind is obviously they do impact each other. It's not a one way street. Rose isn't there to, you know, assist Finn's character. That's not her whole motivation at all. It's like we finally are given this character that comes from the bottom of the resistance of the rebellion and doesn't really see the action and doesn't really see like the top heroes as much as 
you know, we usually see in these movies, right? And um, I think it Rose is given a character arc in order for her to both get out of her shell and get out from behind the pipes to also like understanding that her appearance of heroes, which is kind of the theme throughout, right? Isn't exactly as mythic as it seems. Um, She sees Finn and he flees and she realizes that in order to get anything done, it's not up to the heroes. It's up to people like her who know what she's talking about, know what she's doing and they have to work together to form, I don't know, to get to the end point. And I think that basically it's just her kind of coming into her own and realizing what Ray ultimately realizes as well with Luke, which is if he's not going to do it, I'm going to do it. And we have to figure this out together, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good parallel. They kind of both have this realization that, you know, they're, I mean, they're both ultimately let down by their heroes Mm -hmm. and realize that their heroes are just men are just human. (laughs) <laughs> nice. <Just> to, <laughs> that's not mean, but like he he is but a man you know he's not yeah, perfect human human yeah um they just both happen to be men <laughs> <laughs> what i love about rose though is that it's like she has character development but the thing we see illustrated in her first interaction with finn is that she doesn't hesitate to do the right thing it's something yeah. that has always been a part of how we've known Rose, but it's like through The Last Jedi, she's given this platform to become a hero just by being herself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool because she doesn't hesitate to to stun Finn uh, when he is trying to be a deserter. And she like I, – I want the deleted scene of Rose trying to haul Finn onto that crate or whatever it is because <laughs> we see her try to move him later on when they're on the supremacy and she's not having a lot of luck. I know. <laughs> so how she got him all the way up on that transport wagon thing, <laughs> I want to see that. But she she doesn't hesitate, and and the the bravery she exhibits in the beginning of the film is the exact same she exhibits at the end of the film. But now it, it's like her her character development was her realization that you were talking about that she doesn't have to have the force or leave the first order or do like she doesn't have to come from this illustrious background to do something meaningful. Right. And um, I mean, I think that it's all like summed up. Star Wars is really all summed up by her quote at the end. And um, mm-hmm. I I feel like I, I, I keep trying to draw a little bit of parallels between Finn and Rose's story and where I think that Kylo and Rey's story will go. And I'm, I'm just not there yet. And But I do think there's something there. I, you I just the last line? I mean, yeah. But I mean, in terms of like, teaching each other something um i am working that out guys <laughs> stay tuned but i'm tuned in I, i'm tuned in for that discussion <laughs> okay well since you're not there yet which check back in in the next 10 years or so and <laughs> hopefully we'll have it figured out um let's let's also touch base real fast with the poe and haldo storyline so we know that People have talked a lot about what Haldo did for Poe as far as realizing, you know, you don't have to be a hotshot here all the time and Leia too. But do we think Poe had any sort of effect on Haldo and, and I guess even Leia to an extent? Um, well, oof, tough question, Caitlin. I think I that – I don't think 
Haldo's resolve or anything about her character really changed that much. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that that was the reason for her character. I think that she was headstrong in the beginning and she's headstrong in the end. And um, I, so no, I don't really think that much changed for her in terms of her like character relationship with Poe. Um, but Leia, I think that <laughs> it's just another example of <laughs> one of her sons just screwing up. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> I, I I think that Poe obviously like I I don't know. I feel like Leia realizes that Poe needed to have this lesson. Um, and I don't think it really changes that much about their relationship. Um I, I think that in a lot of ways Leia loves Poe like her own son. And I Sad. think I know, I know. <laughs> but I think that in just kind of Another example that we can show our characters that they're human, that they make mistakes, that they fail is um, great for us as an audience, but also great for Leia as well to see and how he, you know, kind of understands his ways and how basically he was wrong about certain people. Um, I I don't know. What do you think? I think the same, you know, generally the same. (laughs) (laughs) As you were talking, I, I was just thinking a lot about how Leia has these really deep, meaningful moments with all the men in her life, like with Kylo, with Poe, and with Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's she's kind of this tether for them all, which I think is is really nice. Um, she, In a way, she kind of gives them all clarity. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and- wow. <laughs> <laughs> Emotions. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 again, it's funny because we started with talking about Rose and Finn and Haldo and Poe, and I just like, I'm still struggling to find my full opinions about their story and what kind of meaning it has overall in the overarching um, saga. And I feel like as our characters mature in episode nine, I feel like we'll have a greater understanding of their stories in this one, just like we have a greater understanding of our characters' sacrifices and mistakes and everything that happened in Empire Strikes Back that we do when we watch Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah, I I think it like being able to see where everything concludes in Episode Nine, especially for Poe and Finn and and even mm-hmm. Rose, because I think like Poe and Finn changed a lot in this movie, and it's like Poe has now he's kind of at the place of of the Leia character almost. Of like leading the resistance, you know, depending on what what they do decide to do with Leia in episode nine. And then Finn is now like he's now the hot shot. He was doing making the mistakes at the end of The Last Jedi that Poe right. was making at the beginning. You know, but for him, it's like he found something to fight for. And mm-hmm. that's where his character development comes from. So I wonder if we'll be seeing kind of a similar relationship between Poe and Finn that we saw with Poe and Leia and Poe and Haldo. You know what I mean? That would be interesting if we got um, some sort of character development with Finn and Poe in terms of like, okay, so say Leia's gone in episode nine and Poe assumes, you know, uh, I don't know, he leads the resistance. It's um, what sort of dynamic does that bring about in terms of Finn's character? What will he think of that? And Finn is very... I don't know, opinionated, I suppose, um, or like headstrong. And I, I wonder what sort of dynamic that would bring about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think, it, I think it might be easier for Finn. Well, I don't know. 
Because there's going to be a lot at play for Finn in episode nine, his relationship with Poe, with Rose, and with right now. They're all together. (laughs) And how that is going to affect his decisions. I think he's going to – he's going to – it's almost like he's going to want to go too hard too fast with the resistance. And I mean, I I think we saw that at the end, right? Is that he was like – he's ready to give it his all and like die for the cause. Yeah, and And Poe's going to be like, like, we need you here. Yeah, and he's like, well, I'm ready to go die. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like, okay, well, well, at the end when he's like, we should go help Luke. I mean, that is like a huge turnaround from Mm -hmm. um, I'm only here to get Ray at the Starkiller base. Yeah, Yeah. and it's like (laughs) – I mean, that that's like a suicide mission, right? If he was like, let's go help Luke. And it's like, what's <laughs> where does that what end? Gonna, what, what are you going to do, Finn? <laughs> give, me a, give me a breakdown, plan A, B, and C. <laughs> so it's like, okay, so he's really, really excited to be part of the resistance now. Yeah. Let's see what he's like in the beginning of episode nine. I'm intrigued and excited. I love yeah. Finn's character. I, I, I do too. He's I, so I, great. I re- I, I every time Finn's on screen, I I genuinely love. I, it, a lot of it has to do with John Boyega, but I think that oftentimes it's kind of glossed over about how cool of a story it is that we get that like this stormtrooper defected. Like, how cool is that? I can't believe that like one of our main characters that's his backstory. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, kind of like Sabine, honestly. Yeah, and I mean, it, that's true, actually. Yeah, I I've, wonder if I've never thought um, about that. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what came first in terms of development. I'm going to guess I think Finn came first. Um, Well, Rebels was 2012, 2013, right? It was probably – I mean, they both probably developed side by side, honestly. I I know. It's weird, right, to think about that. And I wonder – it's like – I mean, we've seen characters – in the new canon and I, I suppose in the old canon too like i don't know guys i'm you know you know us we're not well versed in the eu <laughs> but um in defect from the first order or the empire or whatever um we've seen that before in lost stars etc but oh uh, yeah yeah but it's just um i think it's just really cool to have a character who deals with the conflict of like he what knew who did. all these yeah exactly and he knew who all these players were too like he knows kylo ren he knows snoke he knows phasma he knows hux like he's very familiar with this and it's like we see this in this movie as well like he knows his surroundings he knows all the different like nooks and crannies of the supremacy because he used to clean it i love that aspect of his character too <laughs> that he was like a janitor it's amazing it's um <laughs> It's interesting because listening to you talk about it, I am, of course, thinking about our redemption story Mm -hmm. with Kylo. And it's interesting how with Finn, it's almost like his his crimes are lessened because he wasn't actually he wasn't actually doing anything with the First Order yet. You know, he was a janitor. He wasn't like that was his first mission. What if Finn had been a stormtrooper who had been like he had been top of his game until something else, like some other event happened that made him abandon the first order? Right. Would he um, like would I mean he'd be obviously a very different character, but it's just interesting to think how we readily accepted Finn. And I know that there's a lot more that goes into that. Like Finn clearly didn't want to be with the first order and chose to run away chose to run away um it's just kind of an interesting comparison 
Yeah, well, it's kind of like Sienna in Lost Stars. At the yeah. end, she's like so much going for her that it's like impossible for her to imagine to leave, right? Yeah. And it's um, you you wonder what that's like, and that's yeah. an interesting conflict and, in itself. Yeah, it is. It is, and but it's like we wanted her to leave. Oh yeah, totally. And we forgive her to leave too, mm-hmm. but yep. a lot of people don't forgive Kylo. I mean, I don't know. Kylo doesn't really have. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk. Let's get into that in a little bit. Okay. okay because okay. I, I need Kylo to show a little bit more self awareness for his past actions in order to come away with a full redemption arc. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know you do too. Yeah. And um, I, I, I feel like the key really is empathy, compassion, and self-awareness for me for a redemption arc. And I think that was something that we got from Sienna, which is like something that we got because of the fact that it was a book that was really long. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll get into that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's interesting. You said compassion, self-awareness, and empathy. Yeah. It's weird because I think he's he's he showed some of those aspects in – both the right. Force and that's, and the last that's what makes this movie so interesting. Yeah, because but not we all see. of them and no. not um, all at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, we saw in even in The Force Awakens. Did you just say that? Yeah, in The yeah. Force Awakens as well. It's like we see that, but he doesn't come full circle. And it's like, when is he going to come full circle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like almost, almost yes. I mean, that's that's the whole point of a middle chapter, right? Question? It's like – yeah. Is <laughs> for the stakes to be so, so, so high and mm-hmm. us to be pushed to like a cliff. And it's like, okay, how are we going to get back from like this edge of this cliff? Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see that in episode nine, hopefully. Right. Yes. All right. Well, let's, let's, I'm sorry. I brought Kylo into this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Um, to Ray and Kylo. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's skip down to our Luke and Leia question, and we'll we'll circle okay. back to Ray and Kylo. Okay, so what I, what I loved about this film is that we really get to see Force bonds really active in this movie, and mm-hmm. not just in Ray and Kylo, but with Ray or um, with, well, actually with Ray and Luke, with Leia and Luke, and with Leia and Kylo. So I think it's interesting though to compare Luke and Leia's Force bond to Kylo and Ray's Force bond, um, right? Because, you know, they – it's what we saw in Empire Strikes Back, but it's its not at all what we're seeing with Rey and Kylo. And it hasn't – it hasn't developed into something as strong as what Rey and Kylo have. Right. I feel like in terms of this entire saga, I feel like we've honestly never seen a force bond as strong and as communicative as – Ray and Kylo's. However, that one shot that we get when Kylo hesitates on the trigger, um, the sound design is so similar to how things are with Ray and Kylo later in the film with their force bond between Kylo and Leia that it just it leads me to believe that yes, of course they had a similar force bond, um, and they still do, uh, but it's just not fully there like it's there for Kylo and Ray um, yet, right? Interesting, because I'll have to listen to that, because I don't think I've listened for the, the sound design there. But for me, they're Leia and Kylo's read very much like Luke and Leia's. Yes, I, I totally agree. And I think that's just like family, right? And fa- family, you have this kind of bond. And I do wonder, like, what's that like with 
what was that like with like Ben and Han when he was younger, anything like that? Because we do see in Revenge of the Sith, which I've been thinking about this one scene in Revenge of the Sith a lot lately with, which we reference a lot, actually, the Padme's rumination scene mm. where Padme's looking across um, Coruscant and Anakin's in the Jedi Temple and the council, council chambers. And um, the John Williams music is so eerie and so different. If that scene was made today, what would it look like? Would it be similar to how we see Rey and Kylo or <laughs> Luke and Leia or, you know, Kylo and Leia at this point? Like, what would happen? Because at that point, and it, which is referenced kind of in the book as well, is that, you know, Padme is, for lack of a better term, carrying two Force-sensitive babies, therefore, kind of Force-sensitive herself, right? But mm-hmm. Kylo, but Anakin and Padme have always had this, like, strong bond and that moment, that moment of quiet, of solitude, of them staring at each other from across the city is pretty similar to what we see later in the saga in terms of familial bonds. And um, I, I don't know. I've just been trying to wrestle with that bond and the Ray and Kylo bond a lot lately. Yeah, it's like seeing – it's seeing these connections – Really, it's like Rey and Kylo are the apex of what a force connection could be. Because even with like Obi-Wan and Anakin, they're able to sense each other. And and they talk about that all throughout Star Wars canon. You know, Mm -hmm. like, do you sense their force signature? That kind of thing, you know. Um, But it's always, it's it's more like a a call sign more than anything else. And Anakin and Padme's, I think, is like the most emotional we ever saw that – in the prequel trilogy and yeah. then to kind of take it to a whole new level with Luke and Leia in Empire Strikes Back where they like they're feeding off of that emotion again and it's kind of like it was with Anakin and Padme in Revenge of the Sith but then getting to the last Jedi it just takes it to a whole new level even with Luke or um with Leia and Kylo too just like the emotion that is expressed between them it's like they're having a conversation in that moment but then it all like we've never seen anything like what we see with Rey and Kylo yeah I mean like I said it's just so conversational it's so close um Mm -hmm. you've never gotten that between Luke and Leia or Anakin and Padme or any other characters really in terms of like it's just so strong and like what's up with that part partially it maybe it's because Snoke uh, I don't know um, mended is, it somehow but it was there in The Force Awakens so what's up with that yeah the thing is I and we talked about this before about how it was Snoke's hubris for not thinking that they would actually form compassion for one each for one another um, like not realizing how far that connection would go but I think also I've been thinking about it more like him not realizing just how powerful the connection was yeah because I think he was anticipating more of a Luke Leia connection mm-hmm. and then it becomes because it's supposed to be a huge moment when she reaches out her hand and to our surprise Kylo reaches his hand out too and he's in the hut with her like yeah. that's a huge moment. Um, and it, you're supposed to be a little surprised that he's actually there. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is a moment. I don't think that was something Snoke was anticipating and is a direct, co- not consequence, but because of their connection that was created in The Force Awakens and was strengthened by the Force in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Well, I mean, Snoke used it all against him, right? It's like mm-hmm. you get that one deleted line in The Force Awakens where Snoke goes, you have compassion for her. And 
in that moment, Snoke is like, the gears are turning where he's like, oh my God, how can I use this against him? How can, and then you get the line in um, The Last Jedi where he's like, uh, Kerr's weakness when properly used can be a powerful tool, right? Something yeah. along those lines. And mm-hmm. it's that's exactly what it what it's referring to is that it's Kylo's own compassion for this one girl. Um, how can it be used? I mean, we think we're, he's talking about Hux in that moment, but he's not. You know that. Yeah, and it's both. He, yeah, exactly. And it's like I don't I don't know. I think that it's recognizing that Anakin and Padme's force bond or Luke and Leia's force bond is just so strong and it's like how can we use that against them because <laughs> Kylo already has these like strong emotions for this one girl and they have a sort of bond in terms of their own force powers. It's it's crazy. Um <laughs> I mean, do we like what do we think this kind of connection means for the saga? Um, I'm not sure if we'll ever see something as powerful as we do now. Again, repeated. I just I don't see that ever happening. I feel like it's a big statement that this connection existed, right? And um we've come so far in the force that this could even happen, right? Do I mean we, do we, I mean, do you think we'll see it again for Ray and Kylo? Like, they're kind Um, of it? Or do you think we're done? I mean, I don't think we're done, but um, she did close the door. But I still don't think that's, like, fully it. Because there's still, even though the connection was forged and strengthened via Snoke, I think that that connection is still there, as we saw in The Force Awakens. Yeah, agreed. And I don't know if it will ever be as powerful as it was in this movie, though. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Mm. That, like, right now in that movie, it was, like, (laughs) physical and um, kind of bridging all distance between them. And I I, but definitely two Force users, if they're ever in the same place again, they they have a connection. It could just be, like, Luke and Leia's again, but it's not going to go away. They've already set that precedence. It's the most interesting thing about this movie, right? Is their yeah. their connection, their yin and yang, um, what they represent for each other, and how their dynamic exists. What does that even mean? Um, just by sweeping that under the, the rug in Episode Nine, I just I don't see them doing that. Yeah, same. What I think is interesting too, in kind of talking about the like the new definition of the force and kind of how Ray is coming to interact with the force a lot was Luke's first lesson to her about reaching out and she physically reaches out and Luke is like that's stupid what are you doing <laughs> oh, oh yeah you meant you meant like reach out here you know <laughs> but then with Kylo she physically reaches out and yes. is able to pull him into her space Mm-hmm. Through the force. It well, was I just think that, that whole thing is so funny because it's like the only time that she's ever seen the force like being used really was with Kylo and that's how Kylo uses it. He like yeah, out like that, <laughs> you yeah. know? <laughs> so, so she's like, okay, you know, <laughs> you guys can't see me, but I'm doing it, you know? <laughs> that is funny too. And the only time she's used it too is reaching out when she calls the lightsaber to her. Yeah, that's so true. Is that yeah. it's like, those are her, that's her familiarity with like using the force is like, okay, so is physically reaching out, which is just funny because that, the what you just said about how he, when she literally like extends her hand to him um, in the hut. Um, and that's like her reaching out. It, even like that, just the, 
the literalness of both that and her lifting rocks at the end. It's just funny to me. Um, yeah. It's like, she, well, she was kind of right. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. It's like, it's like Ray's new Jedi Order. Yes. Which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's definitely cool. Yeah. You go, Glenn Coco. You go. <laughs> you go, right? Nobody. <laughs> we love you. Uh, we love you. Okay, so I guess in kind of still talking about the the force connection between Ray and Kylo, because clearly we're a little obsessed with it. Um, the force theme during Ray and Kylo's big moments that that means something. That's important, and I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about it. I agree. You know, um, I mean, we hear the force theme when they touch hands, really significant. And then we also hear the force theme at the beginning when Ray passes the lightsaber to Luke. And I think this is also interesting to note, too, because in The Force Awakens, the lightsaber wouldn't go to Kylo. Mm-hmm. But in The Last Jedi, and Anakin's lightsaber wouldn't go to Kylo. That was the whole thing. He's like, that lightsaber belongs to me. But in The Last Jedi, during the throne room scene, it's like the the lightsaber is allowing itself to be controlled. Like the force is letting Kylo, then however you want to look at it, control the lightsaber, and he's like he's using it throughout that scene, both when he passes it to Ray and when he like catches it and kills the Praetorian Guard at the end. You know, and the force theme plays in that moment too. I find it so fascinating because. I think in both of these occasions, and no matter how you look at the dynamic between Ray and Kylo, I think you have to admit that in those two moments when the Force theme plays, the hand and um, the the throne room, in those moments, the Force is like balancing itself, and Kylo isn't Kylo. He's Ben in those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, in the throne room, Ray has literally descended into like this hellish landscape of... Snoke's throne room and everything is both (laughs) nothing outside matters in that's even shown by the fact that the red walls which are just a facade right when the lights on fire everything that is revealed um about the resistance getting away and everything the real world kind of seeps in as that curtain falls um everything is just kind of like equalized in this moment where Rey and Kylo are together fighting and they look at each other after she catches that lightsaber and they're like okay we're really doing this okay we're really doing this (laughs) (laughs) and it's like no words need to be exchanged and throughout that it's like the force of course the force theme plays because there's a mutual understanding of what they need to do together and that how each of their strengths can accomplish their main goal and as that curtain falls, that's when things, when the Force theme doesn't play anymore, when Ray's theme plays and um, mm-hmm. things are kind of unfolding. Yeah. Um, I mean, throughout that scene, I think it's just so interesting. It's like even Kylo or Ben, I suppose, for if we're talking about the scene, looks over when he's like staring down his lightsaber. He's like all sweaty and his hair is like in his face and he like catches a glimpse at Ray fighting and it's like her his compassion for her it like fuels his like ability to f- fight properly with the Praetorian guards he needed he needed to like compose himself for that second and like mm-hmm. reminder like oh like this is why we're, we're doing this together okay yeah. man yeah. what I love on. about that moment too is that the camera 
like zooms in on Ray. Yeah. Like, directly from his perspective. It's like, hey, this is what he's thinking about right now. <laughs> Let me show you far away and up close. <laughs> yeah, agreed. And I just think that it's like, but but you just have to recognize that like everything was perfect in that moment. They were fighting by side by side. They were, I mean, the literal definition of yin and yang together. Um, balancing themselves out but as the curtain falls so does like the facade of what everything was Mm -hmm. um, and how perfect things were does because the real world exists outside and like all the politics of that just are seeping in as that final decision is presented to Ray yeah yeah and it's like this is it's almost like this is the rehearsal for what's Mm -hmm. coming in episode nine and it's like they're so close and at this point they both have a taste of what it's like to fight together and you Mm -hmm. like you have to acknowledge that that was like that was what it should be yeah you know um in that moment about having like being able to have that vulnerable compassion for each other in the hut but then also being able to be these badass warriors totally and And like able to be the like you know i mean it goes back to to like how we define like masculine and feminine like the feminine the woman is supposed to be the vulnerable and emotional one and the man is supposed to be the the gruff and tough one but you know we're able to see them complexly and to exhibit both of those character traits and when they do and they do it together that's when things are right and the music it's like John Williams has such a deep understanding of this saga too. And then you also have to remember that Ryan Johnson is there like approving these things too. Like, yeah. And you saw that even when we were in that, um, our first showing, we went to the one that was like the fan event that had the special like preview right before it Mm -hmm. um, with, uh, with Ryan Johnson and John Williams. And I like totally lost it. Remember? Yes. Yeah, you did. I was Um, like, girlfriend, you need to chill because the movie hasn't started yet. (laughs) And um, the, I mean, Ryan was there in the booth, like, maybe we could put in this theme. I mean, that whole, like, mini documentary was, like, Ryan being, like, we need to put this theme here. We need to put this theme here. Maybe we can bring in this. Yeah. And it's weird because the Force theme, I feel like, is used – can be used a little liberally throughout the saga. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when you you have your villain and your hero coming together – and you choose to play the force theme and not some ominous under like dark new theme or like variation of Kylo's theme even you know that's important you need to pay attention to what's going on and and even though then like the for- like when they in the throne room the force theme is like very low and slow and mm-hmm. it's it's like it's building to like whoa what's going on like let's yeah, get and, ready and kylo's theme doesn't play until the end just just saying and ray's does yeah kylo's theme doesn't play at all until the uh, uh <laughs> marriage proposal until the until he offered tells her to rule the galaxy with him yeah um, and exactly. even then it's 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 not the because kylo's theme prior to that is very like here i am i'm kylo ren <laughs> You know, but this time it's very it like it starts in the background and then slowly gets louder. It's like, oh, okay, I guess it's almost like the Kylo Ren facade is falling over him again mm-hmm. um, as Ray is rejecting him. Exactly. But you see like that piece of it when he like that like when in the moment where he says please, you know, and it's mm-hmm. very tragic how he says it. Like he knows oh, yeah. she's not coming, but he wants he wants that more than anything. Oh, yeah, he done screwed up. 
done <laughs> screwed up. <laughs> but I, back to what you were talking about, about like the masculine and feminine energy present in both of them. Um, I think that it could even be said that like, I think it's a, basically impossible not to notice that Ray exhibits a lot of aggression too. I mean, they so kind of- So much aggression. Yeah, they, they kind of show that in- <laughs> the fight where she's like grunting and screaming and like charging and it's i mean I, I mean it's maybe you can't kind of interpret that as like the dark side quote unquote but like i do think that she's like harnessing this aggression and mm-hmm. that in itself is like she's not you know like taking a backseat of fighting i suppose and the same way that like luke or obi-wan fights in um a new hope or even in this episode you know it's it's aggressive it's and it's really aggressive it's really rough yeah um, and it's weird because in the force awakens kylo was the super aggressive one um and don't get me wrong he's he's aggressive in this film but it's i feel like i noticed ray so much more because it was really different from what we saw from her in The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was certainly at the end with her fight against Kylo. But in this film, she – it was like when she gets mad, she gets mad. Yeah. I mean, especially like seeing her lash out at Luke, I was like, girlfriend. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) And she just like – I mean, she calls her lightsaber to him. She is going at him. I know. And like yelling at him and screaming at him about what did you do? Like you did this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, I mean, it's like a lot of her emotions, like feeling betrayed and lied to by Luke, but also like, like feeling something for Kylo too and feeling bad about what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Well, as, as she grows to understand what exactly happened and all mm-hmm. these three stories that she's told, it's like she has to de- decipher it in her mind, just like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, about like what the truth is. Yeah. She's kind of, I mean, she's kind of us in that moment. Like, what? I you had me think this one thing about this person about Kylo and then you also had me believing this thing about Luke too and both mm-hmm. of those are wrong. Luke is not entirely good and Kylo was not entirely bad. Right. And they come well, together in this middle version. Mm-hmm, exactly. Kylo didn't start out entirely bad. Like that's not no. who he was. No, I think I saw um, a quote from, like, Empire's End where Leia describes, like, baby Ben as, like, a streak of light or a beam of light or anything. Yeah, this character didn't start off as, like, Mm -hmm. a terrible human ever. Um, Yeah. It's interesting how young they made Kylo look in this film. So much more than they did in Force Awakens. I mean, it just kind of hammers on the head the whole theme of adolescence that we've been talking Mm -hmm. about for a while. It's like... Um, growing up and these characters have to are faced with these decisions that like anyone growing up is made is is faced with and mm-hmm. um, I I, I think, too that- think every have the choice every day about whether or not I'm going to kill my father and <laughs> I Same. always take the high road <laughs> yeah obviously, obviously. <laughs> I'm actually like- passing from a jail cell <laughs> <laughs> wow interesting <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, but I think that, like, <laughs> they definitely kind of – Ryan was like, let's make him look as young as possible because he has, like, puppy dog eyes in some of these scenes. And even Ray looks kind of younger, too, right, in some yeah. in some of these places. Well, we have these little touches of adolescence, too, like when Kai – Kai – when Kylo slides <laughs> out. Uh, Kai? Who is Kai? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when Kylo slides out in their first session, it's it's very juvenile. And, too, I mean, the thing that – 
the moment I'm always like, he looks so young is when she arrives at the supremacy in her like coffin and you have that shot looking up at him. He, he looks so young in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And even in the elevator too. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, And that's why I don't think we're going to get a huge time jump in episode nine. I think even like two or three years is a lot, honestly, but certainly, yeah, I don't know. I I would put money on two years, but I don't think it's going to – we've talked about this every single episode, and I'm kind of exhausted talking about the time jump thing. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I I just like – I feel like we don't know, and we can just talk about it ourselves in circles about it. Like, I I think there's going to be a time jump. I don't know if it'll be big or short. I think it'll be like two years like in um, Empire to Return of the Jedi, which is actually short. I'm going to go a couple months. Okay. Wow. Nice. All right. Locked in. We're not changing our <laughs> answers until we and get more. And we're never talking about this particular topic again. <laughs> <laughs> we get some concrete information. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we've talked a lot about Kylo and Luke. Let's touch briefly on Luke and Leia's connection. How sad that I, I was just thinking about how Luke has shut himself off from the Force. And I know in The Force Awakens, a lot of our question was, like, how how has Leia not been able to find him? Mm-hmm. Why like why hasn't she been able to find him? Why didn't she go to him at the end? And the the thing is, she he's, he shut himself off. So she right. physically couldn't find him in the Force. And that's just so sad. It makes me so sad uh, thinking about it. And that moment when he finally reaches out – can you imagine, like, as brother and sister, it was like this piece of her was there again. I know. And that's, like, literally what woke her up from a coma. Oh, <laughs> It's very, very emotional. I, f- I feel like – I feel like Ray in that moment when she's like, oh, you've shut yourself off from the forest. Of course you have. I was like, oh, my God. Of course he has. Why didn't mm-hmm. we really consider this before? Like, of course he's cut himself off, the, off, off from the forest. That's why no one can find him. It's like – I, you're right that it's just so emotional that like that's what um, wakes Leia up. Yeah, like oh there he is. Yeah, Back. and then even at the oh. end when Luke dies and like you get that look from Leia being like oh my brother, you know what I mean? And it's like oh my god, Stop it. she knows. I know. Oh my gosh. And even their their force connection is pretty powerful in. Um, in that one, you know, the reunion scene that everyone loves and it's just like the most emotional scene ever in Star Wars. And I had like a legitimate mental breakdown. The, <laughs> you know. I just heard your voice drop. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the fact that like they're able to share that bond where like Leia understands that Luke's not really there. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I think kind of means a lot too is like she, she knows, she knows her her brother better than anyone probably right and yeah and she says at the end she means yeah. his end mm-hmm. yeah i think too again like just talking about like the power of the force that kylo and ray are able to have that kind of connection kind of without trying that's so powerful that they're able to pull each other into their environments without that kind of physical tra- strain whereas for luke it was you know it it was the end of him it took it it took all of the strength out of him. And it's like the forces allowing that connection between Ray and Kylo because it it needs them to do something mm-hmm. almost. Like to put it put itself back in balance. Definitely. Weird. 
<laughs> okay. We've spent a lot of time in this section. Should we should we let's move, move on? on. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, welcome to part two where we're talking about expectation and the understanding of family. And really, we're going to talk about the Skywalker family in this section. So what's up with this crew? <laughs> this crew is such a bunch of screw-ups and I love them. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh yeah I, I, I can't stop thinking about this one thing that you sent me on tumblr a couple weeks ago about how like anakin and his like beginning as a skywalker like he was quote like never really supposed to be here and how like what does that even oh. mean for the force because it was like yeah. the force like made him right and yeah, it's like it, it's I was- just it's just so interesting to me yeah, I was listening to Full of Sith and someone there, I don't even remember what they were talking about, but um, what she said really struck me that that we talk a lot about like the Skywalkers as the central family and, and character of this saga, but their bloodline was one that was never supposed to exist. Right. Okay. And I mean, like throughout the entire thing, it's like Anakin was never really supposed to like procreate either. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's like when, I don't know, it like totally shifted my perspective on this family for some reason. I was like, wow, the bloodline that was never supposed to exist. <laughs> and, I mean, that in itself is like kind of an argument for like the Skywalker line ending though in episode nine. And I really don't want it to end. I'm just like personally do not want it to end. Sorry. I really don't want it to end. But Same. like I, I, I do think that like it's interesting if, like, would the galaxy be a better place if, like, these people weren't there? And it, it's hard to say because it's, like, of course we get people, like, I mean, every single person throughout the Skywalker line has been good in some way, right, their entire life. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Anakin was Anakin. Um, the no, hero no, with no fear. Yeah, and, like, balance the force at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Um and each Until of these, it wasn't. yeah, each of these Skywalkers like get, left their mark on the saga, and it's like, okay, so what's Ben's mark gonna be? And if it's if it's really so crappy that like he just dies because of all this crappy crap that he's done throughout the galaxy, then like uh, th- that's not really a good ending for this Skywalker family who was never really supposed to be here, but like each made their own mark on the galaxy at large, right? Yeah, they eat. They and I mean, really, except for Leia, like they each made good and bad. Really, it's the men of the Skywalker family. Padme <laughs> and Leia are fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but they eat <laughs> like Thanks, they Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, having like these these moments of light and moments of darkness, and that's why I think it's I think it's really great keeping Rey as a nobody because she balances the illustrious. Skywalker family. You know, it's like you, the force is in balance, not just because the Skywalkers did something, but because the Skywalkers and Rey, a nobody, mm-hmm. came together. Like, just like the force chose Anakin, it chose Rey. Right. And now it's like, this is, this is like where everything comes to a head because before it was just the Skywalker line that was the quote unquote chosen one. And now you have. This is almost like the middle of a new chapter in the galaxy, I feel like, because now 
one, I mean, what I think will happen anyway is Ray and Kylo finding balance together. And I hope that doesn't end in his death or her death, really. Because um, I think that The Last Jedi shows how they are connected and how things go right when they're together and that the Force, the Force as its own character, likes when they're on the same team. Right. Agreed. Uh, I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, but it's like you need both. You need powerful light. You need powerful darkness. You need to be more than just darkness and more than just light. That's impossible to assume that you are just one thing throughout your life. Of course. And I mean, that's that goes through like – the, the fan perception of like Luke Skywalker's own mistake in this movie. It's like, how could mm-hmm. they do that to Luke Skywalker? And it's like, are, are you serious? You know, a human's a human yeah. and they're going to screw up. Yeah. And, and it, you yeah. know, and, you can't just be all, all light. And Luke was never really all light. Right. And, yeah. it, and that was and Luke's yet. mistake is like, he made the mistake and he ran away. He wasn't able to come to terms with it and be like, he wasn't able to reconcile it for himself. Like, all right, I made this mistake. But I have to keep going and and figure out how to, you know, reach Ben or how to fight for the guy. Like I needed to do something. Instead, he just he like let himself be buried by his guilt. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Kylo is doing now too. Like I think Kylo, I think Kylo wants to be redeemed. He just thinks it's impossible, and so he is like not trying to. If that makes sense. Um, and with Ray, I think we we understand how she has that darkness in him. But I think she has a much better understanding of because she had no formal training to mm-hmm. like keep both of these th- things in her, like to have the kind of aggression and anger at someone like Luke who lied to her and at the Praetorian guards in a battle, but then be able to, you know, do the right thing and, you know, go back to the resistance. And understand that, like, she couldn't save Kylo. But that doesn't mean – that's not her fault. She's not going to run away like Luke did. Right. And, okay, so I want to back up because I want to ask you a little bit of a controversial question about what you just said. Oh, boy. So you said that Kylo wants to be redeemed, but he doesn't think it's possible. Um, What do you think about his comment then at the end of – with Luke and he's like, are you here to, like, say you're sorry to save my soul or whatever? And Luke's like, no. I think, um, it's, I think it's like trying to get a rise out of Luke. Like, of course, that's what you would be here for. Yeah. But like, I think that – and it's like who – it's like his relationship with Luke is so strained. You know, if Ray came oh, back yeah. and did something like that, I think it would be completely different. The conversation would be completely different, even if it was Leia. Um, and I oh, think that's what we would have seen. It's because this whole conversation is like so loaded. Yeah. Scavenger Ford kind of talked about how um, – I think it was Kirsty who said she was kind of disappointed that like that whole fight, there's a lot <laughs> of backstory there that just really doesn't get uncovered. Like mm-hmm. the fact that Luke last time they saw each other like tried to kill him and it's and it's like – it's not like Luke's like, oh, I, I – uh, like, oops, sorry about that, Ben – whoops my bad it's not even like not even like that he shouldn't have said sorry but like maybe there should have been a line referring to that a little bit more yeah and it i think like in kylo's line it's like oh have you come to save my soul like you damned my soul Mm. you don't you never you you don't believe in me yeah why do you like you don't you can't save me because you did this to me Oh shoot! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think 
that's kind of how I've been reading it. I think it's yeah, when you're when you're mad at someone because I think he recognizes now it, it, it's like it's like what Ray said, you know, your mistake was thinking the choice was made. It, it wasn't. wasn't. And I think Kylo after everything that happened with Snoke, he realized how manipulated and how he's never been in control of his own life. Right. And it's like now Luke comes back and he's going to try and make everything better again. It's like, what do you mean? You you did this to me. Right. And then he when he kills his abuser, he's like, what the heck am I supposed to do with all this like power and like yeah. control that I have over like this army I didn't want and like all this crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he just and kind of like is unhinged really. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't want to like try and like obviously Kylo is responsible for his actions. But I think from his perception, it's like – Luke did this. I'm not saying that's right, but I think that's how Kylo perceives it. Right. Yeah, And I think to a certain extent it is right too, but it, it's never just that easy. It's never just one thing. It's like no. it's partially Luke's fault and it's Kylo's fault and it's Snoke's fault. Well, I mean the whole – yeah, exactly. But there's a thing though in Star Wars where it's like the choice is your own and you can always reverse mm-hmm. that choice. And it's like yeah. it's just the path that you choose. So like of course like Ben's choice was his own. It's just like – he has to reconcile that, like, all these different, I don't know, oppressions, I suppose, upon him, like, mm-hmm. influenced his own choice. So it's like, where does his choice go from here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. His environment didn't set him up to make the right choice. Yes. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Next question. Um, what was the next question? Oh, Leia. Let's talk a little bit about Leia because this is actually the one thing that I haven't seen talked about a lot and has kind of made me really sad. Um, how do we feel about what uh, presumably is the end of Leia's story being that she has lost hope in Kylo? Well, it makes me really sad um, because like a big through line to me in Star Wars really is that Leia will, would – always like hold out hope and it's like the, unfortunately her last and I feel like no one really wants to talk about this because like of course no one wants to talk about this mm-hmm. um, her last appearance in Star Wars is her basically saying that she has no hope left in her son which is just so devastating given everything that we know about Leia and like her you know she wants her son back she says it in The Force Awakens and it's like she's really really lost I mean, a lot in one day, basically, too, um, for her to say that. And then Luke, of course, says no one's really gone. Um, so m- maybe she has a little bit more hope after he says that. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. It's strange that she says that because they have that moment on when she's on the the rebel transport, the resistance transport, where she knows that he has the opportunity to kill her and doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe maybe she thinks he does, and that was the explosion. Oh, wow. Wow. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, she does think that. Maybe. I mean, I, don't, I really don't think that's like a huge overarching like Star Wars moment that we can like talk about forever. I really don't yeah, because I think that no. it's like pretty clear what happened is like Kylo didn't do it. So someone else just did it because he's like a product of – I mean, that whole situation was a product of the fact that she's on one side and he's on the other and it doesn't really matter what he he – you know, would change or not do in this situation in terms of like pulling the trigger, it was going to happen anyway, because as long as these forces are against each other, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, agreed. And I think too, it goes back to The Last Jedi being the darker middle chapter. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The chips are supposed to be down. It's like, oh, okay, we see 
Kyle, like Ray rejected Kylo and Kylo tried to get her to not join the dark side to join him. And I think that's an important distinction. Um, but that then we see him as the the new supreme leader, and that's like a really dark place, right? And then we see Leia give up hope with him, and we see Ray close the door on him. And we're supposed to be like, okay, well, like I guess this is how it is now. And then the last, <laughs> and then Episode Nine would have, we would have seen the conclusions to all of those storylines, which, in our opinions anyway, would have ended with Kylo's redemption um or turning from the dark side i guess yeah Um, it's just sad that now because of course they didn't anticipate carrie fisher dying that that's where her story ends of course i really thought that like maybe i mean carrie said that before like episode nine was supposed to be hers and it's it's very clear to me that like it was supposed to be hers because she was going to have a role in like reconciling with her son, which again has been a through line for her character in the sequel trilogy. She talks about it in each episode. And it's Mm -hmm. like, in fact, her role was quite small in the force awakens and the major conversation that she had, right. was with Han about about bringing her son back. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, of course that was going to be something that was going to be brought up in episode nine. And it's just like really disappointed that we don't get that, but maybe they'll figure it out some way that we do get something like that. And I don't know. Maybe it's – I don't really want to talk about this. It, like, just makes me really sad. Yeah, it makes me sad too. And, and again, it's like talking about Leia has always been this beacon of hope and to see her without hope at the end of The Last Jedi is a really hard thing to do. Yeah. And then well, coupled hope with – Hope for Kylo. Hope for Kylo. Because but I think she's, she's also like lost – I mean, that's not true because at the end we – I was going to say she's lost a lot of hope for the, the galaxy, but I don't think she necessarily has – um, yeah, but I mean, yeah. as a mother, that I mean, that has has to hurt more than no one answering her call for the resistance. Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, I think that she says we have everything we need, which is like her tight knit community, you know, um, which is really hopeful at the end of this like pretty we're driven to a cliff kind of movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm really like shook about <laughs> the whole situation about Leia in in episode nine, and I feel like it maybe people would have would be thinking different things about Kylo's redemption or the possibility of a redemption had she still be been alive right now. Yeah, um, yeah. Because and the conversation would be like, "Oh, what's Leia's impact?" Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But, like that's out of people's minds now because they know that's not a, th- a possibility. Okay. So, I don't know. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Luke and the prequels. Miss you, Carrie. Uh, right. Yeah. So, how? what order does Luke watch the prequels in? That's my question. <laughs> Not <laughs> machete. <laughs> I mean, kind of machete because it's like after Return of the Jedi, he went back and did his own like extended flashback. Um <laughs> So does he understand the prequels the same way we understand the prequels and, like, particularly Anakin's fall? Um, No way. Like, he uh, – I mean, I think he thinks that it's the master's fault, which is crazy. So I mean, crazy. like, when we first saw that, you and I were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it – it, it's not his entire – like, okay, why is Luke blaming other people? It's like he sees himself as Obi-Wan. And he sees himself as um, 
a master who failed his apprentice. Um, I just think it's like, it's, to some extent, it's kind of true, right? And that's why it works is because like Ben Kenobi like completely lost hope in Anakin and told Luke to go kill his father. And instead Luke goes back and turns his father back from the dark side, right? Yeah, but um, it's like, I wonder if, if Anakin or uh, if Luke knows like yeah ben lost hope but he doesn't understand that like obi-wan went and like fought with everything he had to bring anakin back yeah he doesn't have that moment on mustafar of obi-wan yelling down you know you are my brother i loved you yeah and that like utter disappointment and it's i don't know it's kind of like ben gave up and that wasn't the right thing to do so should we give up on kylo as well yeah I don't know. It's weird. And I think that he also, I mean, we see in Rebels, like, Obi-Wan thinks that Luke is the chosen one. He shifts his, like, whole worldview, really, to the fact that, like, he has to protect Luke. And um, I don't know. He just kind of, like, restructures his thinking about Vader, right? Mm -hmm. And he thinks Anakin is gone. And, like, the only hope to, like, bringing him down would be Luke. Um, Yoda thinks it's Leia. And it's like, it's, I, I don't know. I, I There's some truth to it, and obviously that's why it works. But it's an interesting contrast to how we view the prequels, which obviously the whole prequel, like, the whole point of seeing the prequels and making the prequels is to show Anakin as a compassionate character and to understand how good people can become bad and how, and then a reverse how bad people can become good at the end when it really matters the most. Yeah, um, it's weird. Be- it makes me think that Luke has not had any more visits from Obi-Wan or Anakin as Force ghosts. I know. That's what's so weird is that I think that in 9, we might get something like that where it's like, I don't know, Anakin is like, I haven't. I, I don't even I know what is. these parts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like in my head, that's what it's like. 1983. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I just, I don't know. I I do think that it's like, it's really interesting to me the way that Luke views Ben Kenobi and then how that can be Mm -hmm. contrasted with how Luke views Ben Solo and how um, he looks at Ben Kenobi as a mentor who failed. And then he now also looks at Ben Solo as someone who can't be brought back and who is a failure. When we know Obi-Wan Kenobi wasn't a failure. And so it's like, what does that mean for then Luke's point of view about Ben? And I mean, I think that it's really like important that Ben Solo's name is Ben Solo in this situation. We're supposed to draw that connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, it's like the way that we built Luke up as a hero is probably how Luke built Ben up as a hero, Obi-Wan up as a hero. And then I almost think it probably wasn't until after Ben fell, Ben Solo fell, that Luke had this change of heart about who Obi-Wan Kenobi was. And it's like, is this what happened? Like mm-hmm. if, if he thinks that maybe something similar happened to Anakin because of Obi-Wan that he right. did to Ben Solo. And is like, this is like, why didn't you tell me this? Or like, you didn't prepare me for this. Is this really what happened? You know, like I'm sure he felt, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. Totally. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we kind of already talked about this, but we don't get to see Kylo and Leia reunite in this movie. So what, I mean, I guess just pure speculation, 
But what do we think, almost like a fanfic, basically, what do we think would have happened in nine between the two of them? I mean, obviously, I think that if Carrie was still with us, that one moment where he almost tries to, I mean, he backs away from killing Leia would kind of come full circle in nine. I mean, you mentioned it before, and I'd never really thought about this, but now I think it's really interesting. Is Does Leia think that Kylo tried to kill him, tried to kill her? Um, maybe that would be confronted in nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. What do you think? I think, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think it would have been something like that. Um, or maybe even once Ray like updates Leia on everything that happened on Octo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, one thing I'm looking forward like to over, is over tea is like, or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> some sort of conversation about Ray being like, yeah, so like this really weird thing happened where like I have a force connection now with Ben Solo and like. I went to the Supremacy. I killed Snoke or like your son killed Snoke. Isn't that crazy? And like Leia's going to be like, wait, what? (laughs) Finally. Thank God. (laughs) Well, I mean, even just saying that, like once everyone finds out that Snoke is dead and that Kylo is the new Supreme leader and it's like, Ray's like, wait a second, like Kylo killed Snoke. And the Resistance is like, what? (laughs) Yeah what and it's like oh yeah i was there and they're like wait a second what were you doing there i feel like that's yeah. gonna be like a uh, like a question mark and if it's not it's a loose thread that jj classically won't tie i'm already yeah. making assumptions <laughs> good Sorry. one good one i gotta feel like ray won't be very open about it because she failed like she's um like embarrassed that she thought she could change Kylo and couldn't. But I think she'll try to confide in Finn and I don't think he'll take it well. Yeah, me neither. That will I think that in turn will like kind of open the connection between her and Kylo again in a weird way. Yeah, it goes back to what I was saying about Finn and I think he's like such an interesting character because he has these ties to the First Order and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, so once that information comes out about Rey going to the supremacy, thinking that she could change Kylo and leaving him, him alive. Re- leaving him alive and not killing him when she had the chance. Um, <laughs> what's Finn going to say to that? Because it's like, he's now all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's and that going to be like? She allowed the new Supreme Leader to live. Exactly. Like, she's the reason they're still having to fight this fight. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Is there anything else we want to say in this section about the Skywalkers? No, I mean, I love them. Love my Skywalkers. I love so. I love this family, guys. <laughs> They're a good soap opera family. Yes, exactly. I was going to say the same thing. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to part three. Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. All right, okay. welcome. Oh, you oh. go. Okay. You go. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to part three. Which ironically is called failure. Um, which we just failed to intro this section correctly. Um, <laughs> but failure has kind of been the overarching theme. A lot of people have talked about this of the last Jedi. So for our characters, who do you think had the biggest failure? Oh, tough. Mm-hmm. Um, they I all think, messed up pretty big. <laughs> I think that. Uh, I think. Poe oh. might have had the biggest failure. 
I mean, it's like from the the movie opens with him failing and they lose like over half their squadron. And um, just based on that decision alone, a lot of they've they've begun to be tracked. And um, I don't know, I feel like the his decision to just keep pushing on um, kind of had a ripple effect throughout the entire resistance to the point where at the end they only have X amount left. Yeah, I think you're right, actually, now that you say it like that. It's like <laughs> Poe like po pushed them into a corner where they had to keep fighting back. Yeah. And they, they – I mean, well, I mean, that's not entirely true, though, because they were doing the hyperspace tracking and that would have happened whether or not Poe had gone through with the attack on the Dreadnought at the beginning. It's true, but then it, it, the then he makes another mistake into going behind Haldo's back. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. making a decision literally when Princess Leia is there in a coma about how oh, yeah. they're gonna go behind their the whole resistance back. And in fact, that plan instead fails even harder because of the fact that Poe announces that they're all leaving in transports when DJ is present. So it's like to me, his and I, I I struggle with this because it's like it doesn't make me hate Poe at all, like at all. I just think that this is like a huge failure in this movie. Um, I I just think that it was his his failure might be the most depressing for the galaxy at large. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't think that? No, I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, his his definitely has the most da- – he, he definitely does the most damage to the Resistance in this episode. Right. And, like, if anything, if – okay, so you can, you can also say that, okay, Luke failed, but he didn't really fail because he found out his mission in the end was to kind of to stall so that the remaining Resistance, including his sister, could get away. Um, and, like, the First Order would – legitimately have a huge failure right and to and to confront kylo is both and to, exactly which is goes back to what kirsty said on scavengers horde about how like uh if that was the last scene that we're gonna get with luke like couldn't they have had like maybe one more line of conversation about like everything that came before in terms of their relationship mm-hmm. um anyway the i think that like you can say that ray fails but i don't think her failure is as huge of a failure as much as Poe's. And I think that Kylo fails himself by not realizing that <laughs> he had an, a chance to like make things right. Um, I don't really think that that's, it's necessarily Ray's fault and nor should it be that like Ray quote failed. It's really Kylo who didn't make the right choice. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I, I wonder how Ray is going to change in episode nine. Um, because yeah. it's like her big failure was thinking she could save Kylo and she couldn't. But in this movie, she realized she couldn't. And yeah. that's when she chooses to walk away, which is the right thing to do. And so it's like, how is how is she going to change in episode nine? Because I think that like that's a really big I feel like that's a really big character arc um, for her about thinking like she's in charge of like she could change Kylo's destiny when it has to be Kylo's choice to change his own destiny. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's the big question mark in episode nine is how does that change come about if it comes about? 
Um, whereas for Ray, I don't really have that. Like, I don't have that kind of question about her morality anymore. Um, and I'm not like I'm interested in what happens to the resistance. But for me, that's never been the most interesting part of Star Wars. It just throughout the original trilogy or the prequels, like the politics has never been the most interesting part for me. It's always been our character dynamics. And for me, it's like I know where she's going. Like I know who she is. And this movie just kind of solidifies who she is. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what else are they going to do with her from like a developmental standpoint? Yeah, I'm not I'm not so sure. And I mean, it kind of goes back to like, I've been reading a lot of like meta about how the char- Ray's character arc is just a little questionable in this movie. And I think that kind of speaks to what you just said, where it's like, I'm not really questioning what choice she's going to make in the next episode. And I mean, maybe mm-hmm. that's good because we have like this resolve with this character and then maybe that's what we need, but this is the darker middle chapter. So it's like, what, <clears throat> whoa, my voice just like totally let out there, but <laughs> what, um, I don't know, like where does her character go from here? And yeah, um, it's, it's just, it's interesting because it's like, I'm so happy that she wasn't really like a pawn in saving Ben Solo. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's great that she wasn't like that. She was her own person and recognizes that Ben's choice is his own. And it's like, okay, so now she gets that. But what next? She has to start the Jedi, right? Is like, that's kind of the whole message at the end of the movie with Luke is like, the Jedi is not, will not end today. Um but what does that mean? And it, <laughs> I'm just kind of having like a conflict in my head and I'm just kind of like blabbing, but yeah. like, yeah, it's just, it, to me, it's like, I feel like she needs more young Jedi. So does nine just mean that they're going to go find and recruit more Jedi? That sounds kind of boring to me. Just saying. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> and that's, it's like, I don't know. I guess it's like, that's why I think, that like their connection is going to continue through episode nine because that's the most interesting thing. Yeah. And it's like, I have no doubt that Ray is a good person now. And oh, yeah, no, like it, it would have it would have been really interesting if she had taken his hand. Oh yeah, for it sure. It would have been so interesting. Like just okay. as interesting as it would be if like Padme decided to rule at Vader's side. Like I I yeah. that's like the EU that I read sometimes, you know? And sometimes I sometimes it's all the time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> meaning like every day of my life. But like it's it's still it's just like so interesting. Like wh- what would that choice be? Because usually in those AUs, it like turns out that like she's unhappy and he is also unhappy because like they've like reached the apex of the power and it's like there's no more to get. There's no more. Yeah. Yeah. So it is it is curious. Like, yes, I think Ray is going to continue to grow in her powers. But I th- yeah. I think I guess that's where the conflict comes in is like, does she still, do we still see that compassion and like understanding of Kylo still exhibited in episode nine, like through these conversations with Finn and Leia, well, not Leia, but with Finn about like, yeah, I let him live because I mean, this I, is why. I think it's, it's so interesting if, if that is so, because I mean, I think that the canon has like completely built up Ray as like someone who has compassion for all creatures, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, like, that's what any story that comes out about Ray is, like, at the center of. It's, like, doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're, like, a huge space slug who eats, like, junk. Like, she's going to love you. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And yes. it's, like, <laughs> and it's, so what does that mean for the future? Because it's, she understands Ben Solo more than anyone else at this point, And it's, mm-hmm. that can't go away. 
at maybe all. It's, maybe it's, well, I don't know. I was going to say maybe it's like her reconciling with her parents' past, but I feel like she has. Right. You know, like she. The end of this movie was her reconciling that like she has a place in the story. Yeah. And maybe part of, and yeah, and it's like what you said, like she knows Kylo better than anyone. And I think he knows her better than anyone too. Yeah. Right now. And I think Finn will like get to know her on that level too in episode nine. But how like how is Ray going to change in episode nine? I think Finn and Poe and Kylo are all going to change a lot in episode nine. How is Ray emotionally going to change? Because I think she's gonna do a lot of really great things and a lot of like really interesting things too, as far as like the Jedi and the Force and like with the resistance and everything. But how is she going to change as a character? I'm right now I don't see it. Like it, that's not the the question mark for me at all and maybe it will be as we get closer but right now it's not well as like leaks come out and like kind of understanding what the story is going to look like exists um i don't know i think that it's funny because we did end with at the force awakens on like the cliffhanger where it was like okay so ray's gonna understand and like be trained by luke and like to some extent that was true so like um we kind of had a clear direction and in this episode we really don't really have like the clearest direction you Mm -hmm. know yeah okay so your last question here is what does success look like for our characters in nine i i have i have no idea honestly because for me like i think about success from because i'm obsessed with kylo ren i think about it from his perspective too much um, and I, I recognize that as a problem. <laughs> but for me, I think success is like him uh, reconciling and atoning for what he's done in the past and realizing that while his past doesn't define him, it is a part of him and he has to accept that while also moving forward and, and making better choices, I guess. And for me, I still think Ray is going to be a part of that in episode nine, but I think it's almost like he he has to come to the water first and then oh, yeah. she'll meet him there after he's already <laughs> made the choice. And it's like, oh, glad you're here. <laughs> Welcome. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you again, Ben. Yeah. Um, for Ray, I think I think it's I think it's like finally understanding her place in the galaxy. Um because right now I think she thinks her place is with the resistance, but I'm not so convinced because of things we've talked about earlier. Like I don't think they're going to understand why she made the choices she made in, in this film. And I think that's going to be a point of tension. Um, well, I mean, it's also so interesting because it's not like the resistance is is like a longstanding conflict that we think is going to exist forever, right? It's like it's a temporary thing where – Right now, it's fighting the first order. Its goals are to obviously overflow the first over overthrow the first order and restore the republic. So, when that happens, what does it mean for Rey after that happens? This is a temporary thing. Her place isn't just in the resistance. It's going to be like understanding the Force to a new level. It's going to be somehow training a whole new, I don't know, generation of Force of users. Broom boys. Of broom boys, right? And it's like it's it's what is that? I I I hesitate to use the word Jedi. I do because yeah. I, I don't I don't really know what that if that's really the future I, of Star Wars. I think they'll use Jedi because they made a point. Like Luke wouldn't have said, "I'm not the last Jedi." 
yeah. at the end if they weren't going to continue that too. I, I mean, I think you're right. But also it's like going back to what Maz tells Ray in The Force Awakens. Like the belonging you seek is not behind you. It's ahead. It's ahead in episode nine, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What I think is interesting though is like right from that scene, she goes – like she runs ahead and runs into Kylo. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think that's interesting. And then, like, a big part of her character growth in this film was her connection to him. And so how will that change in episode nine for that? Totally. Um, and, like, I think she's going – yeah, I think success for Ray ultimately is figuring out where her belonging is and being content with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm, like, not as concerned, honestly, about the resistance versus the First Order – it's just because you're not into the whole like political aspect. I'm not. I'm not. I'm really. I think not. it's a it's a backdrop, and I mean, I think it that is. You pretty, have to have it. You have to. Yeah, have it. it was. It was pretty clear in the Force Awakens that it was the backdrop because it's like when they blew up Hosnian Prime, it was like, okay, I don't really care He's about not this. Out. Yeah, and it's like cool, but like, okay, bye. You yeah. know, and and it it's the sequel trilogy really is truly about the characters. So it's like, how does the politics behind them serve the character's journey. And that's really the question. Mm-hmm. I saw Kylo Newman talking about this movie on. Did you just say Kylo Newman? No, I said Kyle Newman. I'm pretty sure you said Kylo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Kyle Newman had a birthday cake that said happy birthday Kylo Newman. So it's not completely out of the ordinary. Right. <laughs> um God, I talk about Kylo too much. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, with Kyle Newman on Twitter, he was talking about the politics of The Last Jedi and how it would have been really great to have had some line, any kind of line about what happened at Hosnian Prime. And I think that would have – I think that – I kind of agree with him, honestly, even as someone who doesn't really care that much about the politics of what's going on. I think it would have been really great too if – um, you know, at the end when no one answers the resistance call, it's like they can't because all of their leaders were just killed at Hosnian yeah. Prime two days ago. And all of these worlds are scared if they come out, like they'll be completely wiped from the galaxy mm-hmm. um, because all of their leaders were just killed too. And that happened like two days ago. They're all in a panic mode right now. They're in a state of emergency. Um, how can <laughs> you expect them to – like send their people out. They ha- like they're running low on people. <laughs> totally. Um, so I, I think that would have been. I think that would have been really helpful to have added something like that in there too, because um, I think it. I don't know. It would have raised the stakes even more. It's like no one wants to come because there's no one left. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you okay. think success looks like for the resistance versus the first order? I'm not sure. Republic being restored. I'm I'm honestly like not sure at all. <laughs> I don't know. That's my answer. I know it's not good, but it's I'm not. still decided. I like I just don't know what the vibe of episode nine is gonna be like. I I, I just I just don't. I don't know if Kathleen Kennedy's grand scheme of like Star Wars even is something that has to do with a trilogy. Like what if episode nine, I mean, we all talk about the sequel trilogy as the sequel trilogy because all these actors have signed on for three, but like, what if it's not really like trilogy? Like, what if it's going to be continued into 10 and 11 and et cetera? So it's like, 
What I don't would know. we even call 10 and 11 That's and That's what I was just thinking about, too. And it's like, maybe it's like the Republic trilogy or something like that, right? And it's that's what we get into in the same yeah. way we call like the Thrawn books, the Thrawn trilogy, you know? It's like we have the Empire trilogy, the First Order trilogy. Oh my God, this is just getting insane. And then like the Ryan Johnson trilogy. What do we even call that? The like- Senate trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> it never ends, Caitlin. It never ends. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Because I wonder, the thing is, it's like you couldn't have, I don't know, you'd have to have these these actors signed on to complete their character stories. And you have to have the story written to know where they need to end. Because Star Wars isn't the kind of franchise where you can just write someone out mm-hmm. um, because they choose not to come back. They're going to have to do that with Carrie on some level, but that's not because like Carrie chose not to come back. And, like, Star Wars is so important, you can't do that. Yep. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm intrigued. Well, I think that's, like, we should probably wrap up our discussion about characters. I think so. This is a good one, though. It was. (laughs) I I feel like a weight has lifted off my shoulders. Me, too. I hope we we said something that was coherent and meaningful to you listeners. (laughs) And we'll be back. To and always talk about characters, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but the the next episode in our The Last Jedi discussion series is a Q&A type situation about like things we didn't cover or things that you want us to expand upon. So if you have anything that you want us to talk about in the third part, which will probably be just as long as this one, um, you can email us at skytalkerspodcast um, at gmail.com or tweet us at skytalkerspod. Um, right, Caitlin? Yes, exactly. I thought those are our handles. Skytalkers <laughs> Podcast at Gmail and Skytalkers Pod on Twitter or even on our website, skytalkers.com. You can email us directly from there as well. So yes, lots of options. Definitely. Let us know what you want to know <laughs> about The Last Jedi and we'll we'll talk about it on our next episode. Woohoo. Okay. So I just want to say a big thank you to our patrons and I'm going to run through the list now. Amy, BJ, Brandon, Chuck, Connie, Delaney, Derek, Emma, Aaron, Jim, Kirsty, Kyle, Lynn, Matt, Neil, Robbie, Ryan, Cherie, and Suara. Wow, the list has grown, guys. So thank you guys so much. Um, it really means so much to us. If you don't know that on the $5 tier on our um, Patreon, you can listen to our monthly recorded special episodes. Yes. Um, if you're interested. Yes, and our January episode is going to be about analyzing all of the trailers of Star Wars. So get excited for that if you're interested <laughs> and want to head on over to check it out. Um, but yes, thank you so much to our Patreons. It uh, really means a lot to us. And hopefully we've got a lot of uh, changes coming to our Patreon for 2018. So be on the lookout for those. Um, but Definitely. if you like what you hear and want to leave us a five-star review on iTunes, it really does help our show out. So just head on over to iTunes, drop us a review, tell us what you like. Um, it really makes our day. It's like a birthday present. So if you are interested in that, you know where to find it. Um, but thank you guys, as always, for listening. We'll be back with part three of our Last Jedi character breakdown. But until then, may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you.